Hashtag Jesus. Jesus is the way to God. Always the time for Eastern, the church used as a special season to focus themselves on Jesus alone. The different approaches to God, we will figure out the mystery of Christ because Jesus said, I've come to give life, the life to the fullest. Be a good friend. That's such an important message. Hashtag be a friend. You know, I am the best friend you can imagine. Hey guys, come closer, come closer. I tell you a secret now. Yeah, I'm a great friend. I mean, I'm everybody's friend. When you want to get a friend of mine, just call me on Facebook, WhatsApp, Twitter, whatever. I, you, you can be my friend, no problem, because I'm, I'm a good friend. I see myself as a absolutely perfect friend. I mean, every Sunday I'm listening to people like you. Well, I, I'm listening when you come to me just to tell me that it has been a good show. Because every evening, every night we go away out in the pop, we hang around, have a beer or two. You want to know who my best friend is? Half, half a year ago, happened something. I drove home from the construction site, drove home, and it rains like crazy, you know, it rains like crazy. It's a kind of showing you that I'm a real, real good friend and dearly interested in what you have to say to me, you know? Yeah, no, I think I'm a good friend, yeah. It's Jesus! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! It's Jesus! And then I saw this girl. I saw this girl. Wet hair, wet shirt, wet skinny jeans. And I saw, ooh, who's that girl? Well, God, as well, can be a good friend if you have nobody else. Hallelujah! It's Jesus! Hallelujah! I drove by and saw, it's the girl from my neighborhood. And I stopped and I said, do you want to drive with me? I bring you home. And she came to my BMW M3 and she sat there and I, no, I didn't do that. But just, you can talk to him. I don't need him at the moment, so he might have time for you. She asked me suddenly, ah, do you believe? I said, yeah, sure I believe, but why do you ask? She said, because of this little cross on the rearway window. I said, ah, that's why, yes, I believe, you know, I believe. Well, I really gotta go now. The friends are waiting already. Listen to me. Now, every Sunday, I drive with her to church, you know. So hi, hi church, you doing good this afternoon? Yeah, come on, uh, I'm so always pumped about those clips because the reaction is always different. <laughs> you didn't love it at all, right? International, it's like this, what's this? It's German humor, or maybe Swiss humor, yeah. Uh, before I start with the message, with an amazing 40 days hashtag Jesus series, uh, all, all the movement we joined together, and uh, we prayed from so, some breakthroughs. And my biggest challenge uh, was for the next last 40 days, because I'm traveling often, using a lot of flights, being there and all over, 
And for me at the moment, the biggest challenge is to eat in a healthy, proper way. Because the last month I gained about five kilos, it's not good because I'm not big. I'm small already. If I'm gaining weight, it means goes more here. And my two sons, that are 18 and 16 years old, said to me, Daddy, we, you have a belly. And we hate that. I said, why? You're on TV and everybody can see your belly and we don't like it. Kids are so honest, right? Sometimes too honest. And I said to them, hashtag, um, be quiet. <laughs> oh, oh, just say the wrong word. Um, and I said to God, I, I, I want to just have a break too in terms of eating and I lost the five kilos already again. And I learned to eat in a healthy way, even traveling, even being there and there, just in a good way. And that's for me, the last 40 days was an amazing experience. Hashtag Jesus. I'm so thankful for God, for the church and for my breakthrough. Come on. Yeah. It's always good if a pastor has also a breakthrough, right? Not only preach to you, have a breakthrough. It's also a breakthrough. Okay, the topic is hashtag be a friend. And I want to start uh, with uh, research. Harvest, uh, they did the research about relationships for nine years. Research for nine years about relationships. They studied more than 7,000 people all over the world. And they came up with this conclusion. They said isolated people are three times more likely to die. Can you please bring the slides? Uh, that means if you're isolated, you will die three times faster than people who have a relationship. Then another thing they said, if you eat unhealthy, you smoke, you drink, you're doing crazy life, but if you have friends and live lifestyle, you will, eat, you will live longer than those people that just eat healthy. The conclusion is, eat an ice cream with friends, then broccoli and die early. That's the conclusion of the research. It's very uplifting, right? But there was one thing, it amazed me, and that's another fact to say, strong relationship can defeat illness four times better. If you go into an illness or sickness, if you have friends around you, you have four times a higher chance to be cured than without. I read it about three weeks ago, and maybe sometimes that's just studies, right? You can also prove everything what you want to prove. But my neighbor, he had a heart attack some weeks ago. And it was Sunday morning, five o'clock in the morning, they knocked at our doors and he was on the ground, he was dying. And his wife said to him, you cannot die. Makes sense, right? You cannot die. Because you have a son and daughters and they're very young in age and they need a father. Please get up and be healthy again. He went to the hospital, the next day he came home. And that's for me like an amazing story. If you have good, strong relationship in your life, it, it is a big difference than living a lonely, uh, isolated life in your life. With other words, you can say, the friends you choose they determine your future, right? The friends around you, they define actually your future. Jesus, we read in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, we will study a little bit about Jesus, how he had built relationship in his life. 
He prayed all night to God. In the morning, he called his followers to him. He chose 12 of them and he called them. Here is the thing. Jesus knew, if I want to change the world, I need the right people in my life. He prayed a whole night to choose the right people, the right friends around him. Jesus didn't believe in a structure. He didn't came to build up an amazing building. Uh, he knew to change the world, it's always people. Church is people business. We believe church is the most important thing. That's why we, we hang around in groups. Recently, a guy asked me, are you still in a small group, Pastor Leo, because you're the pastor? You know the Bible, you know to pray, you, you know a lot of things. Why you are in a small group or in a connecting group? I said, I'm not meeting once a month or twice a month in a, my small group. Of course we read the Bible, of course we pray, of course we're worshiping Jesus Christ. But the main thing is, it's relationship and friendship. We hang around and we tell our stories, our deep, deep struggles, and we pray for each other and say, let's come on, let's finish the race together. They asked, uh, Billy Graham is uh, an amazing preacher. He fills stadium all over the world. I will say he was an Easter preacher all time. He led hundreds of thousands of people to the Lord, and a lot of people, they got saved, and now they're pastoring a church around the globe. They asked Dr. Billy Graham in the end of his life, If you could restart your ministry, if you could restart your ministry, is there anything you will differently? And he gave an amazing, deep, but also a little bit shocking statement. He said, I will do less preaching. I will do less traveling. I will not go around to the world anymore. I will look like Jesus. I will go and select 12 people. Hang out with them for maybe two years. All I know, I will impart in them. I will teach them. I will train them. I will hang out with them. I will teach everything what I know. Then after two years, I will ask them, go and find another 12 people as well. Do the same thing what I trained you. And in 33 years, if we're doing that, we will change the world for God. With other words, if we want to change the world, it's not a church structure. It's not a concept. It's always people. That's why we said in our church, the people are not here for the church. The church, or ISIF, is here for you, to help you to be strong in Jesus Christ. Now let's study Jesus for a moment, how he has built up relationship. And that's amazing, because he chose 12 disciples. And now a lot of people think, ah, oh, 12 disciples, he hang out all the time with these 12. But there were different circles, different groups in the 12. For example, he had the inner circle. And in the circle, there were John, Peter, and James. You read a lot of amazing miracles Jesus uh, 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 made. And often these three were together with Jesus. They saw all the signs and all the miracles. But in that three, there was the closest body was John. And this was actually a challenge maybe for Peter. Yes, but Jesus, we all the same. You love all the same. Why you prefer John? Same thing in your life. If you have friends in your life, there's always one body is closer than the rest. You cannot explain why you love one guy a little bit more than the rest of the group. But this creates always a tension for other people in your relationship. And at the second circle, the silent workers, Andrew, Phil, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, and Judas Iscariot. 
They were the silent workers. Some relationships are connected with works. And here are the unknown, James the Younger, Judas, and Simon the Zelolite. That means nobody knew actually why they are with, with Jesus. Here 12 people, but Jesus had three different circles. And now I want to teach you how Jesus maintained the friendships. And now when we think about Jesus, we often do a mistake. We think he's God. He's perfect, no sins, he's strong, uh, he's committed. But here's the thing, the Bible says Jesus was like you and me. He had some feelings, some challenges, and he had some issues in his relationships as well. Now I want to teach you about how can you crash. How can you crash your marriage? How can you crash your relationship? How can you crash your small groups? Two things we can learn out of the circles of Christ, who they try to crash the relationship with Christ. The inner circle, John, Peter, and James, they had certain expectations. And here in John chapter 9, verse 33, because when the twelve followed Christ, they knew Jesus is the Messiah. And there comes a day when the whole world sees, and it's obvious for everybody, he is God. He's the king of all the kings. And he will establish a new kingdom. And the Roman empire will not be, uh, has not, no, any, no power anymore. He comes to establish a new kingdom of God. This was the dream. This was the calling. And all of a sudden, also the expectations. Here in John chapter 9, verse 33. Now you see the three. As John and James went from Jesus, Peter said to him, here you see the three were together with Jesus. Teacher, it is good for us to be here. Let us build three tents to worship in. One will be for you, one will be for Moses, one will be for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. Pause for a moment. Because the disciples, they had the longing, they had the dream, the expectation. There come a moment when the whole world is seeing that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That's why we have gave up our lives. That's why we're following him. And here's the thing. Expectations are always dangerous. Now I want to teach you about this vicious, this wish box. You know, when we start relationship, like in a marriage or in a church or with friends, we have a lot of wishes. For example, if you are single, you're man, real man. And I'm asking you, what kind of a woman do you want to have? You will say, it's, she's 180 meters tall, long blonde hair, original hair. She has a six pack, not a one pack. She's on fire for Christ. She's holy. She is very creative and innovative. This is what people will say, right? This is what, what you actually will say. I'm already married. You have a lot of wishes and dreams and longing. And that's, that's not wrong. That's not wrong. Because a lot of people, you dream to have a house, maybe a family, Vicious are not wrong. It's just vicious, just dreams. This is in that vicious box. Now here you have a lot of slides, some slides. You can see uh, different vicious people have. They say, in my relationship, the person has to remember my birthday every year. 
or this person should help me free of charge if she is a hairdresser, she's my friend, she will cut my hair for free. Yeah, that's a certain expectation. She prays for me or she braid hair together. There are many, many wishes you have in your, in your life, right? This is the wish box in terms of relationship. For example, people have also wish box in terms of the perfect pastor. Here's a picture of a perfect pastor. It's obvious, not me. But uh, what people are saying about the perfect pastor, he always smiles and he has a very serious face. He's 90, 29 years old and has a 40 years of professional experience. He works from 8 in the morning till midnight and he's always there for his family. Yeah, you dream or do. Every day he does seven-hour calls and he's always reachable in his office whenever he is needed. The perfect pastor preaches precisely 12 minutes with new theologian nuggets you have never heard before. All like, like a firework, amazing. But Jesus told always the same story. He condemns sin, but doesn't hurt anyone. The perfect pastor cares for the youth and spends most of his time with old people. The perfect pastor doesn't earn a lot. He's well-dressed, drives a big car, buys many good books and gives the tithes to the church. And here's the conclusion. If you want to find a pastor like that, God bless you, not even Jesus met the expectations of his disciples. And here's the thing, when it comes to relationships, friendships, marriage, pastoring, whatever, we have a wish box. And in this wish box, it's loaded of dreams of wishes. And it's not wrong, it's just wishes. But here is the challenging thing. Often in a relationship, you have the attitude, my friend, he should feel what I need now. It's always about feel now. Like your friends are like prophets. They know already what you need. A lot of people, a lot of marriages, the, 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 the husband, he has expectation, she should know that. She should feel that. But you never talk about your wishes, your dreams, your longing. She should feel. It's too much about feelings. Just say, what is your wishes? What is your dreams? Look, here's such a story. I have a lot of friends in my life. And one guy, particularly about one year ago, he went to a very, very rough season. And about after nine months, I never heard any feedback from him anymore. He never texted me. He never phoned me. And after nine months, I said to him, hey, what, what, what's, what's, what's going on? He said to me, nine months ago, I went to an amazing hard season. You never phoned me. You never called me. You should feel that I'm going to a rough season. Feel. Feeling, feeling, feeling. Yours, Jumbo Large. Don't live and have the expectation that people all the time feel what you need. And this relationship broke apart because I didn't feel that it's going to a rough season, but he never phoned me. He could phone me and say, Leo, I'm going to a rough season. I need your help. 
He never fooled me, but he had expectation. You should know, you should feel. You know what I mean? That's a crasher in relationship. Look, here's the thing. If the wishes are not met in our lives, in your marriage, in the church, in your company, in this wish box, it's another very ugly box. And this box is so ugly as ugly can be. If the wishes are not met when you're married, it changes into expectations. And that's a total different box. In the beginning of wishes, some dreams, you would love if she or he is doing this and that. And if that wishes are not met, it changes into an expectation box. We will never, never often say that, but in our hearts, we get so angry, we get so mad, we say, but you should know that I need this and that and blah, blah. And all of a sudden, it's the ugliest box, expectation, and usually, we do three things in that expectations. We start to put pressure on a person. Or we withdraw. We say nothing. We are not here anymore. And after 10 years, especially in Switzerland, you're not friends anymore. And after 10 years, you will say, why are we not friends anymore? The Swiss people tell, 10 years ago, you said something and it hurt me. That's why I withdraw. Good that we talked after 10 years. German culture is different. Straight, it's done, let's go and drink a beer. But Swiss culture, oh, I'm so hurt. You don't speak about it. And Asian culture, it's the same. We avoid contact. You see what happened by this expectation box? It's an ugly box and this is a crasher. When Peter said, let's build three tents, it was an expectation box. If you don't do that, Jesus, I'm not sure if I want to be your friend. I'm not sure if I want to follow you. Peter, no clue what he's talking about. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the Bible is saying, but the Holy Spirit produces a but, not but, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is it that way among you? It's a question. We say, yes, of course. It's a question. Here's the thing. This expectation box crashes every marriage, every relationship, and this is what you should do. Put this expectation box back in the vicious box. Close it. And now you say, but my wife is not changing. But my husband, but my friend. What should I do? And now I want to show you a very simple illustration. Are you ready? This box with wishes and dreams, take it,
and you bring it to Jesus. If you don't do that, you crash your marriage. If you don't do that, you crash your relationship and you eat broccoli alone. And then you die. God bless you, broccoli. <laughs> now, maybe it has gone too fast. Okay, we will repeat it. Okay, here. All the dreams, all the visions of your wife, husband, kids, everybody. A lot of even parents. Parents. They have a lot of expectations to their kids. A lot of kids, they only study in a school because of the parents. Expectation, pressure. Don't do that. Every child should choose what is best for them in their heart. Put it back in the box and then take the box and you bring it to Jesus. And this is the position When you by the cross, you go on your knees and you start to pray for signs and miracles. When you're on your knees and you're praying for these wishes in your friendship, relationship, do you know who changes the most? It's always the person who's on his knees. You have to change and not your wife, your friends. You are the first who changes. And if you do that, it changes for all. That's the inner circle. Put your expectation in that box and that box belongs to God and God is the one who promised I will take care for every single person, for every single need. I am the one who empowers people, blesses people, a breakthrough and in the end of the days you will be really, really happy. The circle number two and I will close with that circle already. The silent workers, circle number two. And now please listen carefully to me. If you live long enough, and I had a chance always to live quite long. If you live long enough, if you do ministry, if you have friendship, there is always a Judas. There's always a Judas in relationship. Always. There's always one person. There's always one person who is not nice to you. There's always one person who betrays you. And that's very hard. I mean, let's be honest for a moment. Jesus believed in those 12 disciples. They were nobodies before. Three years He was together with them. They prayed with them. They saw signs and miracles. The death came to life. They saw all the miracles. And after three years, believing, empowering, coaching these 12 disciples, there was one of the disciples was the closest, betrayed Jesus for money. And disappointments happens always by people that close. If a person lives way back in Russia, you don't see this guy, they will not hurt you. They will disappoint you a little bit. But this hurts so much. And I want to show you what happens in relationship. There's always one person who, who betrays you and it hurts so much. I want to show you a very simple illustration how you can solve that in your personal life. Now I need a two person on the stage. Yeah, they're, they're running now very fast. You see this? Wow. Look, here's the deal. 
Here are friends, that you, you are good friends, and all of a sudden, you have an amazing fight. Can you fight in an Italian style? Then more, more Italian is much more loud, emotion, para mia, mamma, macho, pizza, yeah, 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 emotion. Yeah, yeah, look. They fight. And all of a sudden, this guy feels betrayed. He walks away. Just say, come on. There are eight billion of people. Uh, I will find another friend. And this has happened all the time. So you walk away like Judas, walking away. And then you say, like Jesus could say, I will never invest in people anymore. I mean, let's be honest. It hurts. I have gave everything, opened my house, I cooked for them, I gave them my car, I even gave them my vacation house, and now they betrayed me. I will never give a house, I will never give other people a car, I will never invite people to my home anymore. If then we're going out to Starbucks, we're going out to McDonald's, it's cheap, clean everything, but never in my house. How can you solve that problem? If two people are, are fighting, two people they're believing I'm right, What is the solution? If both are believers, if both are having the longing, Jesus Christ, the cross is the center of my life. And if you're going to the cross, can you go in both to the cross? Look what happened if two people going to the cross. There's the cross. What happened? If they're by the cross, The cross is connecting them again. And that's the power of church. That's the power of a small group. That's the power of a ministry. If you're not getting well in a group, you cannot be splitted. If you go into Christ, it connects you all the time. And that's how friendships are established. And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, For we are, two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am with them. If two are coming together again, Jesus is in the midst and he will do miracles in relationship. Let's give this amazing couple, a couple, uh, people, an amazing hand, sorry. Amazing. You understand that? There's always a Judas. And a Judas will bring you to a position where you're closing your heart. And I pastor in this church for more than 21 years. I led people to Christ. I coached people. I gave everything to people. They turned back from the church, betrayed me. And all of a sudden, you're coming to a moment where I say, why in the world should I invest in you? Maybe you're the next Judas. You know what I mean? And here's the thing, how the devil operates, especially in relationships. I'm going to read this Bible verse in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Keep awake. Watch at all times. The devil is working against you. He is walking around like a hungry lion with his mouth open. He is looking for someone to eat. Maybe you heard this Bible verse many, many times, but take this Bible verse in the context of relationship. And I want to explain this in a very, very simple illustration. Here is a lion. And he is very, very hungry. And here are some sheep. You know which sheep he will hunt and eat? Always in a, in a crowd of sheep, there's always a sheep behind, like, like a lost sheep behind. Will the lion attack the sheep 
behind there. It's a little bit, it's a little bit at a distance. No, he won't. Which sheep a lion will hunt? There's always on a side breaks a sheep out of the flock. On the side, it's always a sheep breaks out by purpose. He says, I'm not sure if I want to stay by this flock. It's not the weak sheep. It's the sheep who breaks out from the flock. And then what the lion does, he drives like a wedge between the flock and the sheep. And then he will cut the sheep and eat the sheep forever. What is the link to friendship? The same thing when weak relationships are not the problem. But there's always people that betrayed you and by purpose and they're leaving you a little bit and you're there and the devil will always haunt those people. They are disappointed. Those people say, I will not give my life into any family anymore. I will not marry anymore because my first wife, she betrayed me. The next wife, all wives, same, same, same. And then the devil has you in that position that you're not opening up your hearts anymore. And let's think for a moment about those circles. Jesus believed in relationship. He changed the world with friends, but he had some circles that betrayed him, that disappointed him, that huge expectations. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, let's pause for a moment. All the 12 disciples run away. One betrayed him. The 11 one run away. Even God the Father could not watch to Jesus anymore. He was left from God, from his closest friends, from everybody. He was thirsty. When all the friends left him, he invested three and a half years in those friends and they left him all. The cross was one of the, mo the loneliest moments in the life of Christ. He was thirsty. There comes a soldier, gives him a little bit like vinegar. Jesus tastes the vinegar, but it didn't swallow. And the vinegar is an example. Sometimes we taste disappointments in relationship. But if you swallow, if you swallow the disappointments, you're getting bitter. And a lot of people, they are bitter because they have chosen to be bitter. You have chosen to swallow the vinegar and Jesus said, go away from me. He tasted the vinegar. He tasted disappointments on the cross. He tasted that God the Father was turning away from him. It was a very lonely moment in his life. You know what Jesus said on that cross before he died? And that's the key in relationship. I want to read it to you. It's not on the screen. But he said, Father, forgive them, for, though, for they, they do not know what they're doing. They have no clue what they're doing. And Jesus released his disciples. Why was this prayer so crucial, so important? Because Jesus could say on the cross, I failed. People, they suck. People, they are just people. When he prayed that prayer, changed everything.
across the day when he rose from the dead. Jesus was reconciled. He was not bitter. He was not disappointed. He went to Peter. He was running away and fishing. He went to Thomas. He went to all the disciples and said, Guys, let's be united again. Don't let expectation destroy our relationship. Don't let the Judas spirit disappoint our dream team. He asked them, all of them, to be a part again in the relationship. And Jesus modeled us how you can overcome disappointments and expectations that other people have in your life. Father, forgive them. They have no clue what they're doing. With other words, he gave the frustration to God again. And I want to close with a prayer. And I believe right now when I prepared the message, I believe this box of expectation is for many people right now a challenge. You have certain expectations about your small group leader, ministry leader, maybe your father, your mom, your friends. You have expectation what they should do for you. And I believe it's time that you put this expectation in that box. And this box belongs to God. God is the one who does signs and miracles. And I want to invite you right now for a prayer. And I want to challenge you right now with certain people. It's time for you to put the box back to God. There's other people right now in this building. You, your parents put so much pressure on you. You had to study. You had to do certain things. Or your parents, they didn't care about you. That's another thing. And Jesus is modeling us what it means to be a real deal, a real friend for all, even those people they fail in life. Let's close our eyes for a moment, all the church. Father God, I'm so thankful for the Son, Jesus Christ, you have sent on earth. He is a role model of real friendship. And Father God, you know all these situations in my life where friends have disappointed me, where people have cheated on me, where people have betrayed me. And everything what happened, Father God, I will not swallow down. I will lay it down in front of the cross and say, Father God, forgive them. They have no clue what they're doing. And all those people, they have a name. And all these names have a certain feelings and a certain story in your life. And I want to be quiet for a moment. I want to give you right now the opportunity to speak and lay down those people to the cross of Jesus. Their names may be your father. It can be maybe your mother. It can be your best friend. Just lay those people in front of the cross. Let's have a moment where God heals our broken heart. Where God restores our relationship and friendship. Lay it down in front of the cross. Lay it down. And right now there's certain people you have 
you have opened the expectation box even maybe to your church even maybe to your friends or in your in your marriage you have expectation about your wife husband friends pastor leaders whatever they should do for you and right now let's have a moment where you put this box back to the cross and ask God to fulfill your dreams, your longing, your wishes. He is the God. He provides for you. He cares for you. He takes care for you. He knows every single detail in your life. And He's the one of signs and miracles. And right now, let's put this box in front of the cross. Put this box back to Christ. Put it back to the cross. Jesus proved his love because he gave his life to friends that betrayed him, to friends they run away to friends that disappointed him. Jesus lived a new life, started a new level of friendship. And right now I want to ask you to ask Jesus that he touches you, to give you the same heartbeat, the same level of friendship like Jesus had. I believe when we ask Christ right now, Give me a new level of friendship. Give me your attitude. Give me your perspective. Touch me. Anoint me. He will do it right now. Come on, Jesus. 